0: Welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George Yui, and this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly, we feel things more deeply, and we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. Here's what I'm a little scared to share with you, is that for the first 30 years of my life, I suffered from deep insecurity and a lack of self-confidence. By age 28 years old, I'd entered into my first depression. I had worked in corporate America for 10 years after college and was successful, but I learned that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure in life. And I've been through heartbreak, so challenging and so devastating that I've questioned whether I wanted to continue living. I lost a best friend to a drug overdose at age 21 years old after college. In high school, I suffered deeply from insecurity and shame around my race. I suffered from being teased, from bullying. And when I was 11 years old, I experienced sexual trauma. I was sexually manipulated by a friend of mine. And the most challenging part about that was, is that for three years after that, in our friend group, that person continued to make fun of me, tease me, say racist jokes to me in front of our friends, labeling him as just kidding and just jokes. But little did I know at the time, that was planting a seed of all this deep insecurity and feelings of not being good enough. It's hard to share publicly, but the reason... Why I'm sharing that with all of you is because I'm no stranger to pain. I'm no stranger to heartbreak. Um, I'm no stranger to depression, to deep feelings of insecurity. And there are some things I've learned about healing through that journey that have helped me break through those experiences and overcome them and take that pain and turn it into purpose and find even in the deepest, most challenging moments in my life, find not even the silver lining, but the gold lining of all of those things to be able to heal, to forgive, to find compassion and kindness to myself and to even those who have hurt me and harmed me. And that has created a tremendous amount of freedom internally in my life. And I've learned that although I've worked through some of these things, the healing never stops. The deeper the pain is, the more times we have to let it go. And what's inspired me to create this podcast is that of recently in the last three weeks, I've been going through a depression. I've been going through heartbreak as well as professional breakup, and I was inspired to bring some of the stories and the experiences and perspectives to you today in this podcast episode. So I'm really grateful for all of you listening. And the reason that this episode is about heartbreak is because I recently am going, I'm going through heartbreak. <laughs> and... As many of you know, and if you're listening to this, it's devastating. Heartbreak has a way of going for your bones. It has a way of completely shutting down life and cutting, cutting off from our sense of, of connection from ourself and to others. And grief can bring on so many challenging emotions and heartbreak can bring up so many questions Of can I continue on? Will I find the right next person? Am I good enough? It can bring on all these feelings of shame and guilt and regret and attachment and disappointment. And my hope today is to support you on that journey, is to share my story. I'm going to share my love story. I'm going to share the dip of that love story into a dark period of heartbreak and challenge. And I'll bring it back up in my process of finding healing and finding a new way forward. And the truth is, I'm still going through a lot of this right now, so it's fresh. So you're getting it raw and real, (laughs) hence the term raw wisdom. So thanks for listening in again. Let's start with the origin story of where this love all began. So it was September 2022. I had just gotten back from Burning Man, and one of my best friends had invited me to a wedding in Morocco. And what I want you all to know is that Morocco has been this destination in my heart for the last five years. One of my coaches asked me if there's one place in the world that you could travel, where would it be? And for whatever reason, my intuition just said Morocco. And I wrote that trip off this year. Didn't think it was going to happen. There was a lot of other things going on. And then this invitation to go to this wedding, who I happen to know nobody, by the way, came up, but it felt aligned. And so sure enough, here we are. We're in Morocco, in Marrakesh, and the trip did not disappoint. When we arrived to the hotel, we were resting, going to spas, and then there was a group dinner. And after the group dinner, there was this kind of area where everybody was dancing and gathering, and there was live music. And we were about to go home because we were jet lagged, and it was still the same day of our arrival. But as I was on the dance floor, it just this person and I happened to come together in what we would call our little bubble where it just seemed like the world didn't exist. And we started talking and it was one of those moments where we were just so locked into each other, looking into each other's eyes, talking about our dreams, our passions, our challenges, just going really deep. And if you've ever tried talking on a dance floor, it's not really that easy, but we were just so present with one another and we just had a very powerful conversation and very Plutonic. There was no pursuit. There was no flirting. It just was happening organically. And we continued on and we started joking about just getting a reset and going off to Ibiza and just having fun times. And and then she grabbed my hand and she asked, do you want to go to the front and dance with me? And it wasn't even the invitation. It was just as soon as we made physical contact, there was this like feeling. And I was feeling something and we proceeded to the front, danced, had a good time. Nothing happened. By then it was about 3 a.m. And my friend was like, hey, we got to get some rest. It's time to go back. And so we said our goodbyes and that was it. So the next day I started to notice that there was this kind of, I don't know, energetic wall between us. It was kind of like, I felt like there was maybe this little bit of an avoidance and I just didn't really think anything of it other than, hey, she's taken, she's in a relationship, no worries. No worries. There were plenty of beautiful people and I already was in this process of falling in love with the Moroccan culture, the Moroccan people. Oh, it was just such a beautiful place. And that day, we, my friend and I were supposed to move to a different hotel in a different part of the city. And I remember checking into that new hotel and just already feeling this like overwhelming confusion and disappointment and and just like wondering how could I have experienced something so deep and so meaningful and this be it. I not make any sense of it. And uh, I was, I was, I was really just, I was devastated. And then I get this text, and she texts me and says, "Hey, would it be too crazy if we went to Ibiza on Wednesday?" Mind you, I have this whole other back end of my Morocco trip plan. We're supposed to go to the coastline, go surfing. It's all planned out. And I was like, "Wait a minute, you, you're joking, right? Like, you can't." kind of hurting right now and you can't really be messing with me. This is a lot for me to take in. Like, I don't want to play games. And she just texted me back going, I'm dead serious. And I was like, okay, have you thought about this? And I was like, why don't we just take the day to think about this and we'll come together at the end and we'll, we'll decide what feels right. And so I'm talking to my friend and I just said, Habibi, look, man, I know that we've got this trip planned, but I don't think I could ever look back on this time in my life without regret if I didn't explore this and see just how far down the rabbit hole this thing goes. And he was he's knows my journey. He's known I've been single for the last four years and been doing a lot of work on myself around relationships. And he just said, look, man, I love you. I love seeing you in love. Go get her. <laughs> the, just the gratitude I felt for not having to feel guilty about that. And as we're wrapping this conversation, I noticed that she's already texting me back. And she said, look, I want you to know, I booked my flight already. I need this for me. I want you to come with me, but either way, I'm going. And so sure enough, I was like, I'm booking my train flight. I'm booking my flights right now. I'm, I'm, I'll see you there. <laughs> and I had to book a train from Marrakesh to Casablanca, from Casablanca to Valencia, and then from Valencia to, to Ibiza. And my friends, what I want to share with you is that it was the most incredible trip of my life. It was really just so magical. And if you've ever been to Burning Man and experienced these synchronicities that just seemed to happen and fall into place, it was just one thing after the next, after the next. From laying underneath the stars all the way through the evening together to skinny dipping in the ocean and finding a private island that we swam to and naming that island and and watching sunset in each other's arms to dancing all night and watching sunrise together over the horizon and just feeling this immense soul connection with this new human being. And it was just an incredible, incredible trip. More stories laced there than I can share for sake of time, but it was incredibly beautiful. And on the last night, she asked me, what's the craziest thing you'd be willing to do so we could be together? And crazy seems to be this common theme that (laughs) has been coming up. And, you know, I, you have to know about me is that I'm very independent. I'm very focused on my mission right now and and my coaching practice. And, and at the time I was building a second business as well too. And, but I just said, look, if you're willing to make some drastic categorical changes in your life, I'm willing to open up the doors to, to my place. And you can, you know, you're going through this transformation in your life right now. You left your career. You're not sure about your relationship. You're ready to reset your life and go through rebirth. Like I live in Venice Beach and I was like, Venice is the place where people come to do that. So why don't you come stay with me? We can try three months, six months, no expectation, and we can decide at the end and check in and see how it feels and and go from there. And that was a lot for me to throw out early. That was edgy, but there was just so much certainty that I wanted to give this everything I could. Now that's not what ended up happening. We went back to our separate worlds and very quickly, the complication of the dynamic of falling in love with someone who was in a relationship came to surface. And it's, it's very edgy to even share this publicly because I'm sure that's gonna bring on a lot of judgment, but I wanna be very honest with my story. Life is messy and life brings us things that we don't always ask for. And you know, I was trying to do my best to stay within integrity And there was a moment where I, within a couple of weeks getting back, I just said, look, I don't want to build a love story parallel to betrayal. I don't want to build from infidelity. I want to build from integrity. I want to build a healthy, strong foundation. And I want to show compassion to your current partner while you're navigating what you're navigating. And I want to just honor space right now. And that was the hard, hard choice to make. But it felt right. And so we made that choice, but the truth is fans and fans, it only lasted a few days. <laughs> she reached back out checking in and those, those two, three days were just like bone aching pain for me. And she's someone, by the way, that we could talk on the phone for three, four five. Even one time we talked on the phone for six hours straight, not even FaceTime. And it just felt like nothing went by. So these two, three days felt like a really long time. And when we came back together, we just were like, this doesn't feel right. And so we continued to connect, have phone conversations, try to find a way to be within integrity. Um, But, you know, we had already fallen in love with each other. We were already sharing about our love for one another and opened up a whole new side of me that I'd never seen before. I started singing to her over the phone to create intimacy and connection. I've never done that to anybody before. Writing poems to her and 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 seeing this new version of love come through me. But again, I had hoped that a continued connection would bring more clarity, but it only brought more confusion. And that confusion brought up tension in both of our lives um, in a very significant way. And we decided to take some space and decided that she was gonna take some time for herself. And in the space that we took, there was this process where I was like already grieving. I found myself crying every day. I found myself asking for signs from God and from spirit of what the right thing to do was. And it continued to say, honor space. May there be space in your togetherness. May there be space in your togetherness. And it just kept coming up. And I kept asking for signs and I kept receiving them from friends that were telling me they were honoring space and in in a connection from, as silly as it sounds, a tarot card reading that I did for the two of us where our unifying force was the card, the hanged man. And if you don't know what that means, one of the meanings of it is an intentional pause. And so there were just all these signs. I got four signs in a matter of 12 hours to honor this space. And my ego was attaching. And it brought up all this old wound and old pain in the past of having not been chosen before. There was a, this sounds crazy, but going back to when I was 11 years old, there was a girl that came into our class that year, brand new, fresh student, and I had a crush on her. And we developed a beautiful friendship where there was love, but I I wanted her to be my girlfriend at the time, but she was the girl that always had another boyfriend. And it wasn't until she left the area Five years later, where we had a conversation, she went back to the east coast, and she was like, "I'm so sorry, I missed it. I never gave us a chance. I was always occupied, and I'm just so sorry." And it just was the story of unrequited love and this disappointment. And I realized that in high school as well too, I would always see other people all the other all the other all of my other friends be dating, be experiencing romantic connection, and I always felt like I wasn't good enough for that, and so it's just interesting how we relive through old wounds. And and so I'm in present time, I'm just I'm processing what I know is coming, what I feel is inevitable. And it was challenging. I mean, the emotional pain, you know, I've been through heartbreak three times now, three, four times now. And I'm a sensitive guy. Heartbreak knocks me on my ass. It really, 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 really gets, gets and just gets me. It changes me. Gets me into depression. I feel guilt. I feel shame. I feel disconnection with myself. I feel disappointed. It brings up my old insecurities and it brings up a lot of my old trauma. And so when we came back together, uh, it was very clear that uh, we needed to discontinue our romantic connection, that she was going to give her relationship another try, a one last shot, so to speak. And it felt like I was just this detour. It felt like I hadn't been chosen again. And I, I went into a depression. I was mad at my intuition because my intuition was saying all these things to me early on about this was going to be your person. And I started to feel disconnected with myself. And that's what depression is. And I'm a man that's chosen to live life through intuition. And when I went through this experience, wondering if I could trust my intuition anymore, that was very heartbreaking in of itself. Reliving the old trauma. And then also feeling guilt, feeling blame, wanting to blame myself for choosing to try to pursue a relationship and a partnership with somebody that wasn't fully available. Something that I've learned, I've I've done in the past. Uh, not always with people being tied up with relationships, but either not emotionally available just not available and and i i remember just wanting to blame myself you know I learned in life that if everything is my fault that's something that i can control i can fix it i can change it i can improve and i was just trying to process and 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 go through what i could learn and what i can improve and but the problem was left me with this guilt this guilt that i couldn't shake off and it was really painful but as I was navigating through this, I remembered a tool that I've used with clients, that I've used in my previous depressions, that I've used to heal from my, my, my sexual trauma. And so I began to just put myself through this process. And the first step, actually step zero, is just allowing myself to feel the feels, feel the pain, feel the guilt, not resist it, not just fully surrender into my emotions, You know, allow myself to sleep in, allow myself to just not get off the couch, allow myself to just be a total hermit, trying to take care of my body where I can, doing my yoga, going out into nature and going into hikes, but just. Letting myself feel angry, feel pissed off, feel disappointed, feel heartbroken, feel the darkness. I listen to sad music. I would listen to watch sad movies. And it was just, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, but the thing is, is that what I've learned in life is that when our body stores trauma and it stores emotions, and when we don't allow ourselves to feel those emotions, They get repressed, and repressed emotions then turn into projections into our life, and then we end up passing on that hurt, that anger, that emotion to other people, and oftentimes the people we love the most. So what I've learned is that this step is such a critical step, and it can take a long time as well too, especially without professional guidance and support. But I knew that I just needed to embrace these feelings, and as I did, and I started doing some energy work as well too, breath work. And 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 using some of my other tools, there's many shaking, breath work, cold plunging, Reiki, sound baths. There's all types of, of of practices that can move energy through the body, which I recommend to any of you who are going through heartbreak right now, just to access these emotions and and feel them and heal them and let them go. But after that, there's this moment, there's this step in the process of really addressing what happened, what was this bringing up in terms of old beliefs, old patterns and looking at what this experience was surfacing in terms of all of these things, beliefs, patterns, habits, all these old, old old things from the past, where these feelings were coming from, and just really giving myself a chance to journal and process through that. Because awareness really is a powerful step because it points to where we can start the healing process. And once we can point and understand where those things are, then I started to be able to move through a process of releasing, of letting go, letting go the emotions of grief and sadness and attachment, letting go of the past, the stories, using energy work for that. And and then writing a letter of forgiveness, most importantly to myself and a letter of compassion to myself. And in fact, I'm going to read that letter to you. So I want to share this letter of compassion and forgiveness as vulnerable as it is, because I hope that you can listen to it and see how you can start to talk to yourself a little bit differently, because we tend to talk about ourselves so negatively inside of our minds. But when we can learn to speak to ourselves with more kindness and compassion, we begin to build a reparenting relationship with ourselves. And so I wrote to myself, dear George's shadow, I want you to know that this is not your fault. None of what has happened or what you have felt and experienced. You did your best to strive for self-acceptance and love, and you developed some really cool things on the way. You learned that you are incredibly likable by people just by being who you are. You learned that you have an incredible capacity for a unique level of success in whatever you pursue. You've been able to lean into your spiritual practice and have always had a sense of right and wrong, and your journey is continuing to unfold as you learn more and more about the deeper parts of yourself. I see you in joy and love for exactly who you are. You are enough. You're so worthy of love and you're so worthy of being chosen just as you are. You don't have to be afraid of being rejected for your being human. You don't have to be afraid of yourself. Your shadow is just as lovable as your conscious high self. We're going to take this powerful experience that we've gone through, stand up and go a little bit further, and we will always find wholesome love that wholesome love that matches the wholeness of the home we are creating together inside of ourself. Thank you for being so sensitive and feeling all that you feel that helps you wake up to where I I can better take care of you and love you. In fact, joyous one, we are able to transcend this experience by using it in our first podcast episode. Yay. (laughs) Meaning in pain through the sharing of our story in service to the healing and transformation of others. Our work continues and it is an infinite game. So we can remain humble together and know that our romantic field will be a powerful breeding ground. Honoring the space that we need when tension comes up is okay. We can provide context to our partner, go deeply inward and come out the other side stronger and much more in love. I love you that much more today than I did yesterday. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I love you. I'm sorry that I'm just learning of how we have put ourselves in situations that have led us to be in complicated and harmful situations i'm sorry that we haven't always taken care of ourselves in healthy ways and i've caused the feeling of unhealthy patterns that bring more disconnection than connection within ourselves and with others i'm looking forward to creating a new paradigm of being coming into a more powerful wholeness within ourselves and fall even more in love with ourselves And dedicate all of our energy to those who will meet us and reciprocate that energy exchange and choose us back i love you george how we talk to ourselves and the language that we use impacts our emotional state it impacts what we feel and what we feel impacts what we decide and what we decide impacts how we act and how we act impacts the way that we show up and get results in our life it's edgy sharing the vulnerability of how I talk to myself with all of you. I'm sure some of you may be laughing, thinking it's flowery and corny, and that's okay. You know, that's fine. That's a normal human response to something like that. Normally, these things aren't always meant to be shared publicly, but inspired to do that with all of you because I want to support you and help you find new pathways of being able to communicate with yourself in a way that's healing, compassionate, and kind. The forgiveness letter is almost like the sponge to the cup where we've addressed where the toxicity is in our cup. We've dumped the cup out. The sponge of forgiveness allows us to clean the cup, and now it's our on us to pour back into that cup to renew ourselves with a new empowering language, new empowering ways of being, new choices, new decisions, and this is a is this is the process of finding a pathway forward. Forgiveness is the pathway to that, but now it's about for me in this stage a choice of surrender. It was a choice to let life take over because there's a part of me that wants to be hopeful that something could change and shift and turn back around in my favor. But you know, something that I learned through reading a book during this healing process was absolutely a game-changing insight. I've chosen to live my life through intuition, which means I listen deeply to what my gut tells me and I make decisions from that. And I look to find the courage to follow through with that because it oftentimes can be very scary and edgy when it's pushing me into new terrain, terrain that I don't always necessarily sure that I want to go into, but my gut is saying this is the right thing to do. So what I learned is that our intuition is not psychic. Our intuition does not have the ability to predict the future. Oftentimes I'd ask myself, well, what do I intuitively think about what's going to happen in my life? Your Intuition does not work that way. Our gut instinct and our body is designed for survival which means that it's designed to react in the present moment to help us seek pleasure and run from pain. And it can only respond in the present moment. This was a really powerful distinction because I learned that all those voices, although they were powerful and they were calm and they were very similar to my voice of intuition, they were just mere projections. They were projections of my mind. And what my mind really loves to do when one of the patterns I notice in my relationships is that I love to fall in love with fantasy early. It creates safety for me because if I can create this fantasy that's so clear and so certain, it can make me feel safe from being abandoned. I can create this powerful love connection, maybe even a, a trauma bond that that helps overcome my anxious attachment style of being abandoned, of being left, of not being chosen. And I wrap myself around this fantasy and I project that so it creates this bubble of safety and certainty. But the reality of it is, is that I've noticed I create these situations where energetically someone will feel so deeply for me and they, as my friend KK would say, I, I love you and I don't want to lose you, but I can't say yes to that. Because the truth of the matter is committing to something like that, there's a lot of foundational things that need to take place. And I oftentimes coach my clients on all this stuff, but I'm a human being and seeing where my humanness come up comes up, seeing where my fear comes up was a huge healing part of this process and realizing that that was something I can let go of. Now, it's not necessarily the visions that are bad. That's just that comes from love. Love is just as much clarity as it is blind. It creates inspiration and motivation and beautiful visions. And these are definitely things that we can work toward. But what I let go of is the attachment. I let go of my mind's attachment. It doesn't mean that I'm not working toward those things in my life. But it allows me to do it with more grace and without as much ego that's wrapped in fear. I can come from more of an inspiring place versus a fear-driven place. And that's something that I learn and integrate and shift as a result of this experience. So the last thing I'll say about the healing process is that for the first time, this person and I found a way to actually grieve together. And I've never been able to successfully do that before, but I, my coach was helping me by processing this notion of unconditional love. Can you love someone so much that you're willing to let them go? Can you love someone so much that their happiness, their fulfillment, what's truly meant to be in their life becomes more important than my ego's desires, my attachments? That's the next level of heart leadership in my life. And I decided that I wanted to show up from that place. And while there's certainly parts of me that were slipping and saying like, what if we could work something out? Or what if this doesn't work? What if your relationship doesn't work out? but we were both able to be in this place of selflessness, this place of support. And she really helped me heal actually through two things. And one, she absolved me of any guilt that I felt. She reminded me that I had never disrespected their relationship. On contrary, I showed compassion to it. That I never talked poorly about her partner. And that I just held space when she was venting to me. And that I even tried to take space early on. But And that just that helped me. And while remove the guilt and feeling at fault, there's still this sense of I'm learning how I would do something a little bit differently next time. And I think the obvious thing here is that I am going to do my best to not be pursuing people who are in relationships anymore. And I know that sounds laughably obvious, but life is complicated and messy. And I've learned that life is, we're so quick to judge. it. We're so quick, myself included, we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to think in extremes, binary, black and white, all in, all out, all or nothing. And life has a tremendous amount of context to it. I used to say that if you're not 100% committed, you're not committed at all. And I've begun to question that a little bit because I've learned that in the gray area, there can be these really beautiful experiences. There can be beautiful learning lessons. And sometimes it just takes time to get to commitment as well, too. Um, and sometimes you don't get there. But uh, I think that. It's important for me to share this because it's coming from a voice of compassion that I'm approaching within myself. And I think that as 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 we judge other people, we're really just judging ourselves. Triggers are, I think Deepak Choker said that, when we're triggered, it's just a mirror reflection of unresolved inner conflict within ourselves. And so when we can look at look at other people and our triggers as mirrors back to where is this maybe a reflection of something that's going on in my life, that's where we can begin to show compassion because we treat other people the way that we treat ourselves. And so as I work on my pathway to find grace and find compassion, even through grief, even through heartbreak, I I want you all to have a sense of hope that you can too if you're going through that. And grieving together is not easy. Never been able to do it successfully until this time. But when you can both be setting aside your egoic needs and desires and attachment, and if you truly have unconditional love for one another, love without expectation, then there's an opportunity to set an intention and say, how can we be really supporting one another and processing what we're feeling and going through without taking things so personally and without attacking, blaming, stonewalling, being defensive, or, or being hurtful to one another, always being able to be respectful. So between that and being able to understand that intuition is not psychic, that those were two, I think, of the biggest things that were causing my deep, deep, deep depression in the heartbreak. And as a result of working through that with my tools, my coach, her. I've been able to move through that, that period of depression, which was lasting for about three weeks. And I'm not saying that it's going to... I've been in depression for nine months. I've been in for 12 months. So it's it's not to say that speed matters. Going through it, this is about being patient and I'm still going through it. There's still layers of disappointment there, but I'm now in a place where I feel like I can process that together with you and in hopes that you can, you can find inspiration and hopes that you can embrace your grieving process a little bit more and not run from it. There's this beautiful quote by a psychologist named Kristen Neff. And she says that pain is inevitable in life, but suffering is an option, is a choice because suffering is pain plus resistance. Where are you resisting in this process? Wherever that is, that is the place where there can be applied compassion. And that can begin the preling process for you is just noticing where we're holding on. What are we feeling attached to? What are we afraid to let go of? And those questions can lead to powerful, powerful answers and starting off points in our healing journey. You know, I think I have a responsibility to talk about infidelity, and by no means am I an expert in this space. I'm no es- Esther Perel, <laughs> but I have a little experience with it now, and I can say it's some one of the most misunderstood things in the realm of relationship, or one of them at least. You know, if you've been affected by infidelity, I'm sorry. It's not an easy thing. It's a confusing thing. It's a hurtful thing. It's betrayal, the heartbreak. It's something that nobody should have to go through. And yet, unfortunately, it is this thing that is happening so regularly in relationships. It's happening so commonly. And we can hide from it. We can act like it's not there. But what gives me the courage to talk about my story is I believe that when we can open up to some of these darker truths of life, we can begin to process them together, work through them together, find ways to navigate through them and and heal from them and hopefully work to a pathway where that where it's happening less where people are finding genuine, true, authentic connection, where they don't feel like they need to do that, or where they have the open respect and communication where they can change the d- agreements and dynamics of their relationship, whatever that may be. There's infinite, endless solutions and scenarios, and I certainly don't have all the answers. But as we navigate through healing and relationship, specifically around infidelity, I mean, it causes harm to everybody. And while it, those are there are varying degrees and intensities of that, it is something that is, I think that we can look at together. And uh, I'd be very welcome to having a podcast episode with anybody who wants to share about that and process that. and, And, but I think the point here is that we can live life and we can learn from it. Life is complicated and it's complex. And when we when we bring things to the surface, though, we can feel them, we can heal them, we can begin to let them go, and we can begin to find empowering and innovative new direction in our lives and in our romantic relationships and in our relationships, most importantly, with ourselves. Because ultimately what all of our heartbreaks does is cracks us open to be able to find new ways of where self-love can come in for ourself, where we can show ourself a little bit more compassion. And as we excavate those places inside of our heart where love hasn't found, We can rely on ourselves, and we can rely on those that love us, our friends and our community. And without my friends and community and my coaches, I wouldn't be able to have gotten through this alone in the way that I did. And so know that you're not alone. I hope that this episode was supportive for you. Heartbreak brings on feelings of guilt. It brings on feelings of shame. It brings on feelings of disconnection with yourself and disappointment and depression and grief. But through healing, we can find hope. Through healing, we can find new empowering ways to navigate through our challenges. We can learn, we can grow, we can turn pain into purpose. We can learn how to step up and set our lives up to receive what we're truly meant to receive. And so I hope that you've been inspired to give yourself permission to lean into your grieving process to your heart, to your broken heart. I hope that you can take your broken heart and make art with it, to express with it, to release it, to shake out some of the energy in your body. I hope that you're inspired to pursue help, to ask for ask for help from a therapist or from a coach, to reach out to a friend and admit that you're not okay and be okay not being okay. I hope that you can find new ways of navigating through relationship and heartbreak that set you up for a new pathway of healing. And I hope that you've been inspired to just find just 1% more bit of grace in your grief and know that you're not alone. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it's been supportive for you. Reach out to me if you have questions. If you if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it, like it with your friends, share it with somebody that you think might, might be supported by this. And I look forward to seeing with you guys soon. Stay tuned to the next couple of episodes because there's going to be an episode where I specifically break down the tool that I used in on myself to navigate through this process. And I'm going to explain that so that way you all can use it at home. Stay tuned, that's coming in soon. Take care, lots of love. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it. And potentially share it with a friend. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach, or just search my name. And you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.